Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi Rangers, it's me, Jackie Cation Welcome to the dark forest It's 2024. Let's do this. Here's the credits, of course. Mike Rickberg sang that song at the beginning, and he wrote that song, and he sang it with Sarah Cohen, his wife, and he will sing the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Also, Patrick Brady still putting this together. Video, audio, all of it. He's amazing. So, and Vilmos doing JackieCationStore.com. Squarespace is doing the regular Jackie Cation page. And I'm thinking of moving the Dork Forest and DorkForest.com away from WordPress because it's driving me nuts. But those are the credits. But if you go to JackieCation.com, you can get Dork Forest merch. You can get my stand-up merch. You can get my stand-up CDs and DVDs, which you'd have to have uh, devices for those. Uh, you can also see videos and find out any number of things. I have another podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show, but The Dork Forest is the flagship 18th year. We're doing it, you guys. You can go to my Bandcamp or my YouTube for extra content. Please donate is what I'm saying. It's 2024, and I think we've been in this long enough. Why don't you guys, everybody send me 100 bucks? That's what I'd like you to do. You can PayPal me. You can, There's links all over the pages. You can Venmo me at Jackie Cation. You can find me at a stand-up show and uh, hand me a sweaty wad of 20s. Do something. But I love doing the show. I would love uh, to make some money is what I'd like to do. In other news, I'm sure there's more things that I should talk about, but I can't think of them. But let's listen to who's going to dork out about something because that's my favorite part. Thanks for listening, you guys. You're all great. Let's get into the show. I'm familiar. Hey, uh, guess what's happening? I'm, uh, I'm next to a tree in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I'm, st- I'm working the comedy works. So welcome to the dark forest rangers or master arborists, as someone called himself recently of the dark forest, uh, with me, Denver comic, who isn't in the, in, in, in the, uh, in the apartment, uh, just because I like the idea of video. So welcome to the program, Adam, Kate and Holland. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Jackie. We're, yeah, we're both in Denver, but we're on separate sides of the city. There's just too much star power to get us in the same room. <laughs> It's we're all blown away. We're blown away by uh, just our, our own. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I lost interest in my own narrative before the end of that sentence. <laughs> sure. Here's the scoop about Adam Caton Holland that you should know about. He's a great comic. Uh, he's got a podcast called The, Gr- the Grolics Save the World. And you have a new special that's coming out in two days from the dropping of this podcast called Wallpaper Comedy Special Wallpaper. Adam Caton Holland. Figure it out. Uh, and what's your Instagram? I forgot to ask, actually. It's at Caton Holland. And no, oh, it's not go. Clayton. It's not Clayton, listeners. It's, it's Kayton. not Clayton. Yeah. Caton, K-A-Y. Caton Holland. T-O-N. No, C-A-Y. Oh, Jackie, C-A-Y. don't send him down that oh, road. Oh, my God. Don't do it. Don't All right. Do it. Uh, you know why I said K? Because Ks are funnier. Ks are, it's the K- hard K. Hard K is a funny sound. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, we went with a hard C. So it's all working out. Here's something that Rangers of the Dork Forest should know. Uh, I've been doing the show for 18 years. We've never had a birder on before. Second birder in four months. Kind of exciting. But I've been told, and it was previously by Joe Zimmerman, that there's 11,000 different kinds of birds in the world, species. Hmm. How long have you been birding, birding, Adam? First of all, I'd like to just talk some shit to Joe Zimmerman. I'm the premier birder in comedy, <laughs> and I'm ready Noted. to throw down with you, Joe, anywhere, oh. anytime. You guys should uh, have lunch and just go for it for more than an hour each, because I know you could. Oh, yeah. It was hard to stop him. So I'm looking forward to saying to you these words. It's been great, Adam. You can keep <laughs> talking about birds, but I'm done. Yes. <laughs> Understood. Understood. And, uh, and Joe, that is actually an invite to hang out. But... <laughs> I, my, you know, I grew up in an animal family. My mom worked at the Denver Zoo. What? Um, yeah, she was. She started out as a volunteer there, but by she spent you know fifteen, eighteen years there, and just kind of went up the ladder and became this trusted docent. So she worked a lot with primates, and we were like wow. the very lucky kids who could go backstage at the zoo, and and uh, so animals were a big backdrop of my childhood. For sure. That's amazing. I have been backstage at the L.A. Zoo where I got to feed a hippopotamus 
essentially two parts of a Waldorf salad. Nice. Uh, essentially uh, sort of a large cabbage or lettuce than an apple. No nuts. And uh, the docent who let me do that said, don't fall in because you'll die. And oh, I yeah. can't help you because then I'd die. So uh, don't fall in. That's a zookeeper code. <laughs> right. you, don't, you don't go back. You don't help it. Don't go back. They're gone. You can't, you, yeah, you, you got to keep moving. Move forward. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, yeah. So animals were always a big part, but like never birds per se. Uh, yeah. Growing up, we had a, a goose, even though we lived in the city. My sister uh, hatched a goose in her biology class and it just came home and we had a goose, <laughs> Penelope, that lived with us for like 20 years. Wow. Uh, wow. And I like I liked Penelope a lot, sure. but I didn't it didn't like turn on a light of, of like, wow, birds are fascinating or anything like that. Right. So um, always had a bird and always had an animal interest. And then I don't know, maybe like early. 2000s or something somehow i got wind of this book and if any of your listeners are, are even slightly bird curious i recommend yeah. this book it's called uh grail bird and it's by this dude tim tim gallagher and okay. he is the head of i don't know if he currently is but he was the head of the cornell department of ornithology which is the big leagues that's the harvard that's the top birding program in the world and they do all the wow. bird studies and apps they're, they're like the birding resource so anyway oh. this dude wrote this book called Grail Bird. And the book is about this bird called the ivory-billed woodpecker, which is this giant, honking, black and white woodpecker with a red head. Woody Woodpecker, based off the ivory-billed woodpecker. On... Oh, interesting. Okay. And so they thought, so the book is that they thought this species was extinct. Like it went extinct in early 1900s. There's another woodpecker, a little smaller, wow. looks like it. And people would say it's extinct, but it was only existed in the back swamps of Arkansas, Louisiana. And, you know, all the swamp people would be like, that's not extinct. I've seen that bird. And they're like, no, you've seen the other bird, the pileated woodpecker, whatever. So Tim Gallagher okay. went down there trying to reprove that this species still exists. And it's written oh, so wow. well. It's very much like it's like Bigfoot. It's like the hunt for Bigfoot. He's like going from backwood area to backwood area, trying to get tips, trying to locate it. And essentially, he comes away with what he deems as proof of the existence of this species still. Like, I, Eureka, oh, wow. I discovered it. And it was a very controversial thing. It kind of split the birding world in half. Half the people are like, he's a <laughs> quack. Half the people are like, no, it's <laughs> happened. And, and all these other birds have come, all these other books have come out since saying, I found one too, I found it too. And so that just turned on the light for me. It was like a very good adventure read. And then I was like, huh. Right, so it was a birds, really interesting birds. birds. And yeah. Grail Bird, that was Grail called? Bird. Yeah, it's, and, it's like, based it's like on the, the Holy Grail. Yes, it's the Holy Grail. Uh, it's the Indiana Jones of looking for a giant woodpecker. Totally. And, and now... Spoiler alert, and yet who cares? Because uh, we all want to know. I think I do anyway. Uh, have they, are the, did anybody tag those birds? It's been 20 years. So the areas they live are so remote. It's like old growth swamps. So I okay. mean, you're in there, you're going in canoes for weeks at a time, getting attacked by mosquitoes, and they're very reclusive birds. And so it's just very hard. To, it's a it's a needle in a haystack type of situation. So it's still Bigfooty. It's still no one's, no, no, no one's nobody's got the them. proof. Nobody's People got have, the proof. Proof. It's yeah. so Bigfooty that there's there's blurry footage. There's sound ah. recordings. <laughs> you know the the pileated woodpecker has a knocking sound that's different yeah. than the ivory build. So there's recording of the ivory build, but it's it's just very suspect. It, um, right, right. If you and want we're all, it to be suspect, we're all hoping. Right, we're hoping that those those birds are out there secretly living their lives without somebody going, "Hey, can I just put this low jack on your foot real briefly?" Right. Exactly. And yeah, so and they're, um, they're just cool too. Yeah. Like if, you know, you read that book, you learn about them, but they they were called like the Lord God bird because apparently Audubon was, was like, "Lord God, what a bird." You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> such a giant cool woodpecker. Are they indigenous to the United States or to the North American continent? They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. So it's an American right. bird. Um, and, you know, they decimated a lot of the forests post-Civil War. So, like, the habitat of these of these southern oh, birds right. was just, like, gutted. 
So it makes sense that they'd be gone. And they have photos from, you know, 1913 of the last known one and all that. But anyway, that right. really sparked it for me. It's a great read. And that uh, sounds amazing. Actually, yeah. I'm going to write down the name of that uh, book because I once and I told Joe Zimmerman this, uh, I, I once read one book about birders and it was written right after 9-11. And it was about how um, being like the person who jumps on an airplane to go look at a bird instantaneously. You know, it was it was essentially it was about a guy who saw the most birds in a year. I oh, forget the big what it's year. called. The big year. The big. That's what the. That yeah. was the name of that book. Yeah. Yes. And they turned and it into what, an awful yeah. movie, but it's a great book. Oh, really? It's a great. Yeah. It's so the it movie is not good. It shouldn't be bad. It's got Steve Martin and Jack Black, and it's it's great, but a uh, great cast. Oh. But it just didn't. The the book is a great read. It reads similar to an adventure because it's like three guys racing each other to see the most birds. Yes. And. Uh, and yeah, so it's a, that's it's exactly. A, yeah, totally. That's what they do. It's called a big year. People okay. of endless means try to go out right. and see as many species as they can. But also people with no means do it as well. Just weird birders who are fascinated trying to make right. it happen. Who just find the money and literally just sort of live. You know, I mean, there's so much you can do with whatever money you make. Right. <laughs> like true. if you have. Not a lot of money, but whatever you choose to do with that money is literally the definition of the dork forest. You're like, I have to go buy 19 of this comb. Uh, and, you know, this is my this is my jam. I like eyeshadow. Yeah. I'm doing it. Right. Or I want. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a lot of money, but antique watches are my thing. And like, it's got to get done. It's got to get done. And I know crazy watch people and I know crazy makeup people. And there's and there's no and we're all crazy. I I will buy when, when I'm in a romance novel mode where I'll read a lot of romance novels. I'll read so many romance novels that I throw away romance novels because some <laughs> of them are not well written. Yeah. And for sure. what am I going to do with them? Just give them to goodwill. Sure. But some of them are so poorly written. I've been tricked into reading them. Uh, I actually, uh, a friend of mine who Greg Van Eekout, I don't know if he's been on the show actually, but he writes, uh, children's books and science fiction. And, um, he posted a thing on Facebook, how sad he was because he had read a book that he didn't enjoy a bad, a poorly written novel, a book that was badly written. And I was like, I read six to eight books that are crap a year. Do you and, finish them? If they're crap, do you finish them? I, uh, I'm the queen of skimming. Okay, got yeah. it. My, my wife I'm just read, like, yeah, my, my wife will hit upon crap, and then she's like, well, got to finish it. And I'm like, just put it down. Like, just no, no. be done with it. I, I used to feel that way, and now I don't. If it's truly bad, I don't have any qualms. But I have lit, and lit like $8 on fire. That's what you should know. Yeah, exactly. So if somebody wants to see birds, they're like, I'm getting on a Greyhound. I'm going. I'm going to Oregon from Iowa. And I'm hoping to see this bird well, when it gets and, real crazy in that book and, and in real life is like because it's about seeing as many birds as you can in the continental U.S. Right. So like the right. Aleutian Islands, which are off of Alaska, are technically the U.S. So weird migrant species from Asia will appear in the Aleutian Islands, which is really just like there's only like military facilities up there and people will fly to Alaska, get little puddle jumpers to go there to see the bird to notch number 556 it's that, it's that <laughs> crazy right do you have now this is what i've learned is that people keep a list of the birds that they've that they've seen in their lives yeah it's called a life so list. You, you you life list that's yeah. it so you have been looking at birds with the intent of counting birds for what 20 years do you think no, well, that's I'm so glad you asked this question. Uh, I feel there are it, there's a divide. There's people who are life listers and there are okay. people who do this big year type of thing. That ain't me. I'm a more philosophical. I'm here. This is a cool bird. Let's spend some time. Let's watch the behavior. I don't count them. I don't list them. I remember okay. a lot of them. Um, right. And my, my wife has the app and, and puts them into the phone, but but she's not like competitively trying to go run around and get them. But so is I don't, she I don't also really do a birder? Does she also enjoy birds? Yeah, I've, I've she she didn't it didn't take much pushing, but yeah, we've become we've got I've got oh. her into it. 
if you like a person and then they like a thing and then you end up going, oh, I would also, I, I, I have a stack of comic books. Like I've been reading comic books for 20 years yeah, and I never read them before. Anyway. So exactly. Um, and it's not that yeah. hard to sell. It's like, you want to go on a nice hike with me. It's like harder when it's the dead of winter and there's something rare and you're right. like, let's go out to, uh, <laughs> to the mountains and try to see this thing. But, uh, but yeah. Right. Because you live here in Denver. So yep. where do you bird watch here? It's not like mushrooms, right? It's not a secret. <laughs> No, I don't have to keep it a secret. Yeah. There, you know, Colorado, people always think that it's like it's so natural and there's so much nature that the birding must be exceptional. It's actually better out in California, better on the East Coast. There's like more variety oh. of bird out there. Certainly there's species here that are, um, you know, endemic to here. So people want to see those. But I just bird, you know, any big body of water, any big expanse of, of open land is going to have birds. And honestly, okay. the, the more you go out to the prairie is kind of cooler shit out there. So I, bird, I go well, uh, where the birds are, Jackie. I, you know, I just go where <laughs> the birds are. I play it as it comes That's, to me. You know what? That really, that feels, uh, that feels you're right. Cause they're not going to come to you. I don't think the birds. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah, this great go coffee the shop. They all hang out. <laughs> it does ja the live jazz on weekends. And like, I just go there and try to just observe. <laughs> Uh, I want to know. So, what's the state bird of Colorado? Do you know? Yeah, I the, would imagine the, you would know. It's the lark bunting. Um, it's this little black bird. I was always bored okay. by them until I recently observed them uh, doing a little mating dance, and I was like, "That's a pretty cool bird." <laughs> is it a pretty cool bird? Now, is the uh, one would imagine, and this is when I say one, I mean me, uh, that the birds mating is going to be the same. They're flying, and then all of a sudden they're attached. Is that true? Yeah. They often, very rarely are they doing it in air, in flight. Oh, really? I mean, certainly oh. they, they can, but most of them perch for the, the coitus act. You know, they're, they're, oh. they, take a, they chill out for a minute. I think I've seen too much bird porn. I, yeah. think, that, uh, I think that people, you know, it's just like when, when you think... <laughs> That, uh, you know, like humans, we could do it in many different ways, mm -hmm. but it's uh, the more exciting ways are the ones that are talked about. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, possibly... flying while doing it's very exciting. I just think it's it really kind of hard. Feels... I think it's yeah. risky to their health. You know what I mean? So, like, they don't do things that endanger them very often. <laughs> it's risky to their health. <laughs> and I think I thought it happened because uh, I've read the Dragon Riders of Pern a hundred times and the dragons always do it in flight. So, I'm going to just uh, nod and pretend like I know what that is and say, yeah, right. duh. It's a different, it's a different dork forest. Sure. Anyway, uh, but uh, so they mostly uh, do it while perched uh, or, or are, can they be private about it or is it pretty... Where they're just psyched. You know, you know, I don't, I can't speak for every species of bird. Every, every species <laughs> does, every species of bird does it differently, does their own thing. But I, the ones I've seen just seem to be doing it. It's like, this is my habitat, not yours. You're in my fucking right? world. I got nothing to hide here. And Take they just, your shoes they just off. do it. Walk in the <laughs> house. Exactly. Yes. This is the type of family we are. So either right. deal with it or, or leave. I don't know why I've made it dirty, you guys. I, I don't usually, it. you don't usually get too blue. But here's the, uh, so what are, I, I, I'm interested in, in this, what made it interesting? Because if, if it's just a small black sparrow, uh -huh. the, the state bird of Colorado. The lark bunting. The lark bunting. That's it. it do they make a cool noise? Or do they have a pretty I, you know, song? I don't know. They've got, the, the males have a white patch on their sides. They're pretty cool looking. Okay. Um, oh, the that's females, cool. and this is very, this is true across most birds. Females are like drab. The females are always just like a lesser version of the, they're, they're not as colorful. They're not as, they're just kind of brown. Poofy sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I think, but there is also, the male has to work so hard. The male has to do the mating ritual. The male always has to do that. The male has to go, usually at the risk of starvation, get food for the female while they're on the nest and all this and that. And so like often males can die while trying to sort of keep the provide for their going. family. Yeah, 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 exactly. Do you think that this has really affected the men's movement and made, made them all reject? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like they all uh, right. They all right. Should probably just be like birds. That's the ticket. 
We get to be, we get to have these stupid haircuts and we get to be martyrs. Right. And, and, and nobody appreciates us. Nobody appreciates uh, us, man. So, but, uh, now in the previous question, I am, I am now I want to go a complete lateral. Sure. Are there favorite songs? Have you heard, like, what's a good sounding bird? Have you? Yeah. Uh, I like ones. I'm that kind are, of interested in that. Yeah. I like ones that are onomatopoeias. So like, I like they sound, they sound like what they are. So like chickadee, the chickadee, dee dee. Like, I love that. I know. I know okay. It's, it's more high pitch, but it's like chickadee, dee dee. And you just know it's a chickadee. Uh, yeah. A whippoorwill sounds like that. It sounds like whippoorwill. Okay. Uh, killdeer is a type of bird. It sounds, it sounds like killdeer, killdeer. It just, I love those ones because it's so simple. It almost feels like it's just like this elegant, you name the thing what it says. You know what I mean? Yes. So I like birds like that. Those are probably my favorite calls. Oh, that's cool. It's, yeah. um, and, and when you're out in the world and you hear a bird, are you kind of drawn to it? Do you just kind of go, I wonder what that is? Or do you Absolutely. recognize it in the moment? Yep. I become so dorky. And, and the thing is about birding is like you just, I don't know. It's almost like comedy. It's like you can still get better at it your whole life. You know what I mean? You've never like mastered it. And, right. and so I'll go birding with old dudes who are like professional birders in their 70s. And they know so much shit. And they hear bird right. calls and they know all of them. And, you know, right. I aspire to that. It's like this mastery. And they'll be the first right, guys right. to tell you, I don't know shit. You know, so it's just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah. to, to, to do it that way. Um, I, like I know every bird in my neighborhood and I know most of the bird calls in my neighborhood, uh, okay. but I leave my neighborhood and I don't know what's going on. And I fly to do a gig somewhere and I don't know any of these birds. And now I'm really fascinated because I'm hearing them left and right. And I want to track them down. Right, right. And then you sort of follow the the sound. What, when you're with some of these older birders and, and they go, oh, that's a, and then they say the name of the bird. Do then you get like some weird fun facts about those birds? Like what's totally, a great. Totally. Because totally. they're like, oh, that's a, that's a whippoorwill that, which is usually a, a, a blue and gray bird. I mean, how, how do they. Oh, that, that's all they'll yeah. do is like dose you with facts. And there's so much of that. <laughs> that's all these. Yeah. And like fart without realizing they're farting. Cause it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> well, that's cause they spend a lot of time alone and they're yeah, used exactly. to just being just, just wistfully Available. staring towards the horizon, <laughs> farting, um, farting, and thinking about birds. I saw this one um, with these old dudes called a loggerhead shrike. It's a cool bird, and uh, what they, makes it cool? Well, What's it look like? It's got it's it it's pretty big. It's like parrot sized. It's black and okay. white. It's got a really honking beak, which means it can fuck shit up. Like it's it's a good hunter. And oh wow. I was just hiking or birding with these people and my friend Norm, who is a professional bird guide. And he, uh, we're walking past, you know, we're out on like open prairie land between Colorado Springs and Pueblo, kind of a ranch where there's a birding station and stuff. And oh, wow. we pass, we pass a barbed wire fence and there's just like a cricket on the barbed wire, like peg there. And there's like a worm and there's a piece of a mouse. And he's like loggerhead shrike. They store their stuff like this right here. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, that's so weird. And then later oh, we saw weird. a That's like strike. their refrigerator? Totally. Sa saving it for later. Just ping it on a barbed wire fence, and I'll come back to that. Birds Wilder. are not dumb. Holy no, smokes. Not at all. And during yeah, the pandemic. that's really smart. Yeah. During the pandemic, you're just sitting at your house looking at birds. I was watching birds cash nuts and seeds. And then it's so, it was so boring. I'd see them come back. Four months later, I was like, I knew there was a cache of seeds right there. Like I was that that on it. You're that guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say that during lockdown in Los Angeles, I learned that one of my neighbors had a rooster. It was oh, so wow. quiet. Uh, I had not known. Uh, we also have these large crows. There's like six of them. And sometimes they get very, because we have a lot of feral cats and everybody feeds the feral cats. And the I just crows read an article dumb. about the feral cats in LA. It's like wild. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, the crows aren't dumb. So they'll eat cat food. They're perfectly fine. They're like, oh, free food, snack. Can and, I tell you, some, oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. 
I didn't mean oh, I was just going to say that sometimes the, the, the crows as a group don't enjoy, uh, there's one place you shouldn't park your car because they will peck your car. Yeah. They will so attack weird. your car. Yeah. La- and they latch on to that. Like something bad happened there at that place. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yes. And mostly Armenians in my neighborhood who don't want to see a crow anyway, because they think of them as tiny ravens and the sign of death. Oh, but wow. uh, <laughs> the, you start, you start uh, what's your crow story? Okay. Yeah. You were saying how, how smart crows are. This is one of my favorite bird facts to just drop on people. The saying, as the crow flies, that's how smart crows are. So it comes from early American, even like Native American, but settlers and hunting parties. The difference between a crow and a raven is a raven has a strong enough beak that it can peck open a dead anything, a deer, <laughs> a rabbit, whatever. It can scavenge and go get okay. that meat on the side of a road. If it's not, if the, if the dead animal is not opened up, they can get at it. You know what I mean? And okay. open a crow's wow. beak, a crow's beak is not sufficient enough to do that. So crows would follow hunting parties being like, we're going to wait till they kill these animals and gut them and then we'll come in and get to feed afterwards. But the crows are so impatient, they would start signaling to hunting parties. Here's an animal. Here's here's a deer (laughs) here. They would do the hunting for them and be like, come up here and caw, caw, caw and and come kill these animals. So we can eat these animals like pointers. So as the crow flies, it's just the deers right over there. Let's go kill it. There's crows. Chop, chop. Totally. Crows. Uh, hi, lunchtime. Let's exactly. Yeah. Hey, get on Holy it. Holy smokes! They're, they're over here. Get to get to hunt. That's. I suppose you know it's interesting because if you you think about the history of humanity, and the interaction with humans and birds over you know because there's domesticated there are domesticated birds right mm-hmm. I mean we have yeah. chickens and go- geese and ducks and parrots but those and are like parakeets and, and all that parrots and parakeets are sort of birds to have around the house to talk at but the other ones are just kind of egg egg layers and stuff like that yeah are there we had a parakeet when i was little for a i think someone must have given it to us and then of course uh my childhood was was uneven so that parakeet chose poorly uh to get adopted by my family (laughs) but uh the um but what are there other like I, there was a Jackie Wolner, I think is her name, a comic in L.A. who was a bird, like a person who had birds in the house. Do was, you have birds in the house? No, we had a goose growing up. I told you about named well, Penelope. That's right. But Penelope lived in the backyard, and we we converted a dog run thing. We got her a little goose house. It was like a domesticated chicken type of situation. Um, right. So did, Penelope oh, did you, was not in. Did she have eggs? Yep. Penelope had did, eggs. Did she lay eggs and did we, you eat those? We yeah. never ate them. We never ate them. We just let her lay her eggs, you know, and, and eventually got All rid right. of them. They were big and weird. And I don't know. We're not. We're city folk. It was just like, I don't want this gross egg. Like, it just seemed odd to us. <laughs> um, yeah, probably we should have been doing it the whole time. But it was also a goose. So, like, we didn't grow up eating goose eggs. You know, it's sort of a little foreign. Right. right. It, it would have been a, a big change. It would have been a big change. And you were already just getting used to the goose. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't want to disparage anyone, but I have always thought it's weird to like birds and then imprison birds. You know, it just doesn't feel I like I like natural birds in nature. I don't really want. Right. Them I think it's a house. different kind of bird, uh, a bird dorkdom that I would uh, have to talk to someone about why they like having a bird around the house, because I remember. They you know how like dogs and cats you know, if you have pets in the house, you your house smells like dogs and cats. Totally. Uh, and if you have birds, your house smells like birds. Yep. And so it's it's an interesting life choice. And I, I should do I should do an episode about what what the draw is, because they are very pretty. There's uh, p- parrots for in particular and parakeets are small and, and very, you know, colorful and lovely. Yeah. In Los Angeles, there there's wild parrots. Oh, yeah. I've seen them all over L.A. Like, I love those. They're yeah, so that's, loud. that's a trip, right? Oh, they're, they're so, so loud. loud. Yeah. Um, they're also beautiful and green. I always see them over in Highland yeah. Park. I see them over there whenever I'm in L.A. Right. Um, they started in Pasadena and they're heading east. We have some in Van Nuys, but not, okay. not like in Pasadena. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's the ones in San Fran, the wild parrots of Telegraph Hill. That's a great documentary if anyone's ever curious. Oh, yeah? 
Oh my God. It's so, okay, uh, wh- what's it's, it called? The wild parrots of Telegraph Hill. It's about, okay. have you ever walked up Telegraph Hill to like Coit Tower in San Francisco? There's all these no? really strange, beautiful homes up there that are kind of old, like hip. I'm sure they're now $10 million, but they're all just like hippie cabins up the hill. Oh. And there was one guy who sort of tended to these wild parrots, which are a big tourist attraction. And it's just the characters of all these parrots. And it's beautiful and sad and fascinating. It's a great document. Okay. And did you speaking? And now I don't think bats aren't birds, right? Bats are something else, right? <laughs> please, please title the episode. Bats aren't birds, right? <laughs> you should have heard me talk about Jay-Z. Who is Jay-Z? I oh, said. Yeah. You're like anyway, that, that woman on the subway when Jay-Z was going to do his big concert. Did you ever see that clip? Uh-uh. She's, he's talking to this old, I mean, you're not like that, but she's, she's an 80 year old woman. And he's sure. next to her and they're filming and she's like, and what is your name? And he tells her her name and she and he's, she's like, but I perform as Jay-Z. And she's like, I've heard of you. And he's going to his <laughs> 10th sold out concert in Brooklyn or whatever. It's a, it's a touching video. It's, it's cute. That's video. very sweet. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Uh, t- I, I was alerted that even if I didn't know if I had heard Jay-Z, I had been to a grocery store at a gas station. So I had heard Jay-Z. Yeah. It's so calm down. type of stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, all yeah. work. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard all the music. Uh, even if I don't know that I've heard the music yesterday, heard jelly roll. That guy's been around for 20 years. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. somebody said it. And I was like, clearly not jelly roll Morton from the early 1900s. Tell me who jelly roll is. And, uh, it's music is my life. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know enough about music, but I do have many, other bird questions. Wait a minute. Please. It's, I've, uh, got, I've got many other bird answers. Okay. Here's the scoop, though. Let's find out. Let's take a, a couple of beats silence to find out if there was an ad here. Was there? Is it something you wanted to buy? Just think. It could have happened. Here's my next question about birds. By the way, I am with Adam Caton Holland. And Caton is spelled C-A-Y-T-O-N-H-O-L-L-A-N-D. And that's his Instagram. He has a new special coming out in two days called Wallpaper. Whenever you listen to this, just uh, look for a comedy special called Wallpaper, and you will find Adam Caton Holland uh, telling jokes. He has a podcast called uh, The Gravelix Saves the World. Gravelix, plural? Grawlix, the Grawlix. Grawlix. And I, I'm, what's a Grawlix? A Grawlix. I think Dork Forest fans will like to know this. A Grawlix, which is G-R-A-W-L-I-X, is in a comic strip when there's a swear word. Amp- and they do an ampersand asterisk. Oh, at sign. That's a Grawlix. Okay, so that's what it, that's the term for that. When they a character is swearing, but they don't want to write the swear word, it's a Grawlix. Well, I think um, I think many Rangers already know that, and now I do. So good for me. Uh, but yeah, so the podcast. Oh, so what do you do? You talk. What what's the podcast about? The Grawlix. Uh, so we we used to do these like self help challenges, just competitive wellness. Competitive, making the world a better place. Okay. Now, now we just basically, if we bring a problem to the podcast and we try to solve it by the end. And so the guest has to okay. bring something that's like, all right, what's what's bothering you? What's irking you? And then we, we, we figure it out and we, and we do some proactive moves to fix said problem. So it can be the dumbest okay. shit and it can be the serious shit. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Interesting yeah. sort of problem with neighbors or totally. I think that I have a kidney stone. Something like that? Anything? We're professional doctors, professional therapists. <laughs> There's no problem yes. we can't handle. We can <laughs> There's no toilet. problem. We can fix your right. internet. What do you need? This is the perfect example because all three of you are stand-up comics, if I remember correctly, That's right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and as I think has been established, I think globally, uh, without any information or training, if you ask a comic their opinion, they will have one. We got it. And uh, I have a degree in political science, but you can ask me about any science and I'll let you know that uh, we have either not solved that problem or we have solved that problem. So, uh, yeah. So get it, get in on that podcast. That sounds super fun. And so, Adam, here's my next question. Exotic birds where you've been in another country. Have you been to other countries and gone birding? Oh, doctor. Yes, I have. You know, I'll just tell you my favorite encounter in a, in a foreign country. Um, but this is this is the two things. I went on a trip to Costa Rica with my family and the wow. Denver Zoo in my early 20s. And okay. it was a wildlife trip through Costa Rica led by the Denver Zoo. 
Wow. Uh, and who my mom was in with. And, and so, right. we, you know, there were there were docents and there were people. There were also people that could go who were just regular civilians, not zoo folk. And uh, anyway, Costa Rica is a birding paradise. And we had a bird expert with us. And I was not into birds at the time. So every time we'd okay. go to birds, I'd be like, fucking more birds. And I'm mad. Old, mad, <laughs> old Adam is so mad at young Adam for sleeping right. through morning expeditions to go see the Quetzals, all sorts of stuff like that. I, I, I right. blew that one. So that was a, right. a missed opportunity. Um, but on my honeymoon, wife and I went to South Africa and we went on safari. Oh, wow. And that was, we told the guy, so safari is the coolest experience ever. It's, it's glamping and animals and you wake up at dawn and it rules. Okay. Uh, you just go out in, in Land Rovers and look at wildlife all day long. And it's that's amazing. a planned that's a planned exhibit. You don't go out alone, right? You, you don't, don't go rent out a alone, car but, and, but no. there's no, no, but there's nothing planned about it. They don't know where the wildlife's going to be. Certainly okay. they know the reserve and they're communicating yep. on walkie-talkies and stuff, but like you're just out there and like what do we see today? And it's all the animals of Africa. It's, it's just incredible. Right. Um, but we told our guide who was a young guy himself that we're birders. Okay. And he was just like, you could see his eyes light up. He's like, Oh, I just passed the birding test. I just became an expert. And he's like, listen, he's like, nobody under 70 ever says what you just said. Like, <laughs> he's like, they want to see lions. They want to see elephants. They want to see all yep. the big five. He's like, stick with me. And so we'd go out in the morning and see all the wildlife. He'd take everybody back for a fancy lunch. And then we'd go back out with just him and a native guide, and they'd let us out of the Land Rovers, which they would never do because you never know what could come attack you. And he's like, the, right. the, the native dude who was the true spotter and saw everything had a gun in front of us, and we were to walk okay. in a line, and our dude was behind us, and we just got to go through, you know, South Africa Kruger National Park on foot with these guys, seeing every bird, and they knew every call, and it was just wow. such a cool experience. It was the best. That's amazing. And are there birds that will attack you? It was more that there were big animals. Other animals. You. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not, yeah. It's not that birds. Certainly, there's many birds that will attack you if you're threatening those birds or, or <laughs> appear as a I suppose any. I suppose any bird would attack you if you attack them. Crows, but are, crows owls, eagles, hawks. You'll get attacked if you're going too close to them for sure. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, so the hunting birds will... They'll take it to you. And I think then any bird and, will and probably. Yeah, I would bird I, will take it to you if you're if you're coming for them. Right. The robin, which Absolute. seems just the sweetest bird in the world. Na, uh, state bird of Wisconsin. Is it? Uh, nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the red cardinal uh, or the cardinal is the bird of Illinois. Those are the only two I know offhand. That's so, I used to look at. I used to have a joke where I talked about birding and the state bird. So I'd always look it up. And I know a lot of them. Many of them are the cardinal. Lots of states have the cardinal. Oh yeah, because it's yeah. a bright bird. It's a good looking bird. Uh, what about uh, what about the eagle? Are, are any states uh, co opting the the national bird? I don't think so. To your knowledge, maybe Alaska, maybe, but I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not. So you've about. seen, so you saw birds, but didn't know what you were. You didn't, you didn't get the full experience in Costa Rica, right? And not then at all. you got an amazing experience in South Africa. Totally. Have um, I we got to see. I was in the Witsit Islands in Australia, which is a southern end of the Great Barrier Reef, um, on holiday with my husband. And there was a bird that sat, the call of that bird, and there was giant flocks of them, but the call of that bird was the noise that the bully makes in The Simpsons. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> it's that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Nel Nelson. Nelson Nelson. Monks. That's it. Yeah. And um and we to this day uh That's still reference great. that bird. That's <laughs> That's a weird bird. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you probably saw kookaburras. That's another one. That's another uh, onomatopoeia bird. Those ones are cool. Right, right, cuz they sound that that's how they sound out in the yeah, world. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Um I have so what's many more the bird biggest stories. bird you ever saw? I have so many more bird stories I oh, want to tell you. Yeah, to go, you you I'm going to just put a nickel in you and let you go. Tell I me got, bird I stories. I got them. I got them. Um let me tell you my favorite. Okay, I've got several. But this one, so for a while, I wrote for the Alt Weekly out here. Like the, it's called the Westward. It's like the LA Weekly. It's the independent newspaper right. in, in your town. I wrote for that. 
and I was a burgeoning bird nerd. And there's a article, there's a, there's a bird called uh, the Gunnison sage grouse. It's a fat little plump bird. It's got spiked tail and uh, there's sage grouses, the prairie chicken that kind of looks like this, but the Gunnison sage grouse endemic to Colorado and Utah and it's threatened or whatever. And so uh, they're always, you know, biologists trying to get the paper to cover this and it's so boring. And my, (laughs) my editor was just like, you do it. You like birds, go fucking do it. We got to do some (laughs) environmental story. So I went to Gunnison, which is like three hours outside of Denver in the mountains in a sort of drab part of the mountains, not exciting ski mountains, just kind of boring ranch, rural mountains. And I went and learned all about this bird. And basically because of drilling and fracking and, and oil, this landscape's threatened and it's on the verge of extinction. So I went out with these field biologists in the freezing February months, March months, when they're starting to come around mating season. And the males, this is like the most heartbreaking story. The males have these little sacks in their chest that inflate and it makes like this noise. like. And so when, when they're doing their mating ritual, they inflate those sacks and you just hear pop, pop, pop. And they do a dance and they put their tails out. And it's like a really beautiful, elaborate thing. Yeah, but they're such a, a fragile species that they return to where they were born, their breeding ground, which is called a lek. And okay. when they're ready to mate and they're of age, they go back to where they were born and they do the mating dance, and the females deem them appropriate or not, and then they mate. Right. If a lek is damaged, every bird that was born there is just done because they keep coming back to where they're oh. from. And right. and so so me and this field biologist went to uh, basically a concrete shack built yeah. in the middle of nowhere that some dr- some oil exploration company had built that to let their guys stationed there to go explore oil found there wasn't enough oil but but so they just left it and it was right, right on a breeding ground and so oh. we s- were sitting there in the dark in the dawn you can't see anything and then suddenly you hear these pop 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 noises in the dark yeah. and the sun rises. And there's all these males dancing around that shack on top yeah. of the shack. And they're, it's not going to work. They're not right. going to, they're not going to. There's no, it's there's, the, the area has been contaminated. It's been ruined. It's been trampled so, so by the machinery. Females won't do their, it's just they, like they not come or? biologically good enough for them to do it anymore. So okay. it, just, it was just the most poignant, sad, these guys putting on this beautiful dancing display of like, life trying to oh. reproduce and it will not fucking oh, happen. Oh, man. I know, I know. And I oh. used it as like a metaphor in the article and of everything, but it was just like, oh, oh man, God. this is like, you're just seeing a species sort of die out in front of you. And it was really, really heartbreaking. Oh, Christ, dude. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to need a happy one. All right. What do you got? You got a better uh, one? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a happy one because that, and it makes me sad. That's even a talking that's a about drag. It. Total drag. I know, and drag. I wonder. Yeah, and there and there has to be. Is there a way to replace that? Is there a way to like sort of reclaim that land? Or there is, and and you know, there's efforts by ranchers, and it's just like anything, it's like it's it's one of those things where both the wildlife biologists and the ranchers agree, uh, and the oil people agree that the something has the government to... should get out of the way, and so it's more just like. It's complicated, but it's more like Colorado's got a plan. The government has a plan. The endangered species people have a plan. And the best plan is and just nobody's... Like incentivize it for everyone right. to preserve this land. And that's the just, plan. Yeah, just at the very least, knock down that shack and see what you can do. To knock down that, that shack, area. see if we can till the yeah. soil, get it back to right, right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, just uh, kind of reclaim that land. Yeah. But no one's okay. doing that. You know, it's like, but anyway. They're it's all just talking story. about it forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. except this, you know, wildlife Boo. biologist who I was sitting in a pickup truck with. And it's just still one of my, <laughs> my coolest memories of just kind of like seeing that because no one gets to see that type of display. Right. You can you can Google videos of it. and It's amazing. But to, to, to hear it there. in the dawn in the dark and hear it. And then as the sun rises, you start to see it is incredible. I and bet. I've had another experience like that that's not nearly as sad. Is Good. the sandhill migration? Um, that sandhill cranes are big cranes. You know, they're probably three, four foot tall birds. Okay, and they migrate through Nebraska along the Platte River every year. And mm-hmm. 
uh, Jane Goodall referred to this migration as one of like the most incredible phenomenons in nature and everyone's got to see it. So I went out there um, and it's tourism. It's big business. Like they're, they're there to see cranes and you see them in farm fields eating and getting fat to move on. But they nest in the Platte River so okay. no predators can get them. At night, they're on sandbanks there. And so you go to viewing blinds. Again, it's, it's dark. You sit there, you wait for this, and you can just hear these weird like noises, but there's thousands of them. Then the sun oh, wow. comes and you see mm-hmm. all these sandhill cranes. And then at some point, just they all decide to take off and the sky is just darkened with thousands and thousands of massive birds just off flying at the same time. And those types of oh, things. Oh, that just sounds like, really cool. Yeah. And I, I hate to get all philosophical, but it's like the world's such a trash fire. And like moments <laughs> like that, you're just like, oh my God, I feel pure. I feel inspired. I feel like that nature, nature showed, peeled back its curtain and showed you some truth or something, you know? Yeah. And just, you you have to be willing and open to to see anything like that. I was doing morning radio yesterday and I think it aired today. I don't know. Uh, it it was a guy named Stuart and, um, it was a, a classic rock station. Sure. And, for some reason, Pandora's box came up and he was talking about releasing Pandora's box. And I was talking about it. And I said, but you remember what's at the bottom of Pandora's box? And he goes, no, I don't. And I said, hope. And I was like, yes, I'm a total dork and it's, I'm adorable. But yeah, there has to be that's hope, beautiful. right? That's beautiful. Absolutely. Right. There has, there has if, to be. If you can't find the hope and the beauty in the world, you're going to have a hard life. It's going to be really difficult. I couldn't agree more. And like life is hard and, and we've all had yeah. tragedy and like you got to and, it, and it's hard to live in that place. But it, when you can zoom out and be like, it's a gift. The minutes you have on the planet are a gift. Go yep. see it all. Eat it all. Do it all. Like right. it's, it's that type of attitude. And so right, right. Yeah, that, the, that's the, what, those moments yeah. remind me of that for sure. For sure. That sounds gorgeous. It sounds amazing. I once saw a, a bunch of tiny penguins come out of the sea. And yeah, outside of Melbourne on St. Philip's Island, uh, if you ever get down to Melbourne, there's you go at dusk and they have set up bleachers and uh, the tiniest penguins in the world uh, waddle past the bleachers. <laughs> That's so great. Penguins are was, awesome. Penguins yeah. are endlessly hilarious. They will never not be funny. To <laughs> right. Yeah. They they're just the way they walk, the way they live. It's great. It's very it was, great. Yeah. What? Uh, all right. Well, uh, give me another one. What else you got? What else have you seen? You know, uh, I will just say owls are a big fave, big fave. Oh, really? Yeah. Owls are probably my favorite bird. Just generally speaking. They're hard to see. They don't want to be seen. And you rarely see them. Like they're not as they're not ubiquitous at all. And so every time I see an owl, like I remember every owl I've seen, they're always just these sort of like haunting moments. Of really? like, oh my god, I saw an owl. Yeah, I can recall them all. I remember I saw one the other night, and I remember it very well. And I tell my two year old about it, and he's like, "Tell me the owl story again." But a couple of years ago, there was a great horn owl that wandered through the neighborhood, and I was out walking the dog, and you just hear other birds going nuts. And I and I'm bird nerd enough to know that's not the typical bird going nuts. They're not going right. nuts at a hawk. They're going more nuts. And so I saw this great horned owl in a tree a block away from here, uh, right behind my sister's house who lives a block from me. And okay. this great horned owl looked like, it was so big, it looked like a fucking dog in the tree. It looked like <laughs> like a golden retriever or something. It was just a huge, like, lab-sized owl. I've never seen a bigger owl in like my life. Like a 60, 50, 60 pound bird? It seemed like it. I mean, they have okay. ways of puffing up their feathers and stuff to appear bigger, sure. but it was the biggest owl I've ever seen. And these crows were wow. going ape shit. They're coming at it, trying to get it out of their territory because owls will attack their nests. They'll attack their young. They want the right. owl out of here. The owl uh, stayed Maria for three Bamford. days. Oh, go three ahead. days. Go ahead. Mar- Maria Bamford told me that the first pug that she adopted, she was lectured uh, that she had to keep it close because of owls. Yeah, I know. Because right? a, a great horned owl will take a, will pick up a pug. Certainly take a baby it for pug for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine, but it does seem it's up. Wow. So, so it, it stayed it for stayed, three days, stayed for three days. And like, I didn't have a lot going on at the time. So I was just on, <laughs> I was just on owl watch. Like I, it was right behind my sister's house. So I set up a couple lawn chairs 
in her like driveway basically and had binoculars and i was just the weird neighborhood bird dude and like kids <laughs> would come by and I'd be like here you go kids and i was showing them the owl and finally it left but like the crows tired and it just outlasted them and i, I was worried it was injured or something i was like what's going on with this owl and right. it's just haunting and then it just one i woke up the next on the fourth day and it was gone and it was just like this really special three-day weird period right you you and the horned owl do you name the owl did you name it no i didn't i didn't name it oh, i call it i call go. it we, huh? weird hey i got one now weird owl weird owl there you weird go owl. and what is a what does a great horned owl look like is it is brown is it yeah bright like no because no, they're no, hiding no. they're high it looks like a a tree you know it looks like the colors of a tree it looks like bark, okay bark colored basically. yeah just just blending in totally. so that it can eat all the mice in the world except when so their what, eyes open and there's like yellow in there and there are these giant oh, wow. eyes i just read a book on owls and people are fascinated with owls because their eyes every other bird has eyes on the side of their head owls yeah. are the only ones with bird eyes in the front of their head so they kind of all, look like like people people and so yeah. we're fascinated by them because they kind of look like us <laughs> like that's right, how right. simple it is yeah, it turns out our self-absorption is almost complete. Yeah, so across um, what exactly? And what about um, have you ever seen a great snowy owl, Harry Potter owl? No, but I'm such a fucking nerd. I'm really realizing it on this podcast. Uh, yeah. A couple years ago, that was the the story of the birding season was how the snowy owls were coming down to habitats that they hadn't been in in normal times because. Well, there was a huge lemming explosion in the population up there. Their feeding was ample. So species had to go even further because more owls were being born and they had to go further to all of it. Survive. Oh, wow. So okay. ones were appearing in parts of the United States, which they hadn't, including Colorado. And my wife and I were on it. We were looking up on eBird. Where's it been last? And we tried like four <laughs> times and we didn't see it. And I'm so bummed. And, and that, that is the this great thing about birding is like, is it's not guaranteed. And if you nope. start start getting into it and like you know we get rare species alerts on our bird apps okay and, and then it'll tell you where it is where it's last seen it and people can upload their updates of where it was and you go to that area and try to see it and it's right. like 30 percent success rate but that's you just enough to get you they're, going they're on the wing they might be uh they exactly. can fly away at any time exactly so it's one of the so, things about birds. So yeah. you, yeah, exactly. So I, that's that's a, the same adventure impulse that got me into it in that book. It's like we got we got some we got a lead. We got a hot lead on a bird. We got hours. Let's do this fucking thing. You know, uh, I would say stand up comedy and podcasting is definitely conducive to being a birder because you can, you know, you can figure things out later. You're like, nah, I don't have to work until seven. I'll, totally, uh, totally. Yeah, let's go look at a bird. But you're willing to get up crack of dawn. It's got to you know, be pre-dawn, right? It's, I mean, that's the best time. Dawn and dusk are the best times for sure. Okay. It's just when they're are, most active. Are they feeding? Is that what's 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 got them up? Yeah, and they're waking up. Around? They're waking okay. up and, and they're doing their things. Um, yeah, exactly. Did you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, series where he learns to speak bird? You know, I've never read it. I've never read well, it. you might have missed your window because it's mostly a celebration of sarcasm. But uh, I will say this, and uh, you might not find it as funny as you would, if, let's say, if you were seventeen. Got it. And Got it. Uh, but the but it is it is delightful in many ways. Uh, but he uh, Arthur Dent learns to speak bird, and then he is he is eventually he tries to unlearn it because it's super boring because it's almost entirely about wind currents. <laughs> and uh, I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then he learns to fly and it and it becomes he becomes interested again anyway but uh because uh to learn to fly in hedgehugger's guide to the galaxy is learning essentially how to throw yourself at the ground and miss so that's the entire plan <laughs> that's all great stuff i didn't know any of that that's good all right what other bird stories you got you got good flying stories you got good nesting stories what do you got uh let me see i made some notes in my phone Ooh, let me nice. see um I did the gun of stage go to the Sand Hill Crane. Oh, I know. So there's uh this is how I knew I really loved my wife before we were married. <laughs> okay. Is we got a hot tip on a tundra swan, which tundra is swan. the largest flying North American bird. It's the biggest swan you can imagine. It's huge. 
Does and it look like a swan? It looks like a swan, black bill, black uh, feet, and kind of more rugged than most swans. It's not like this elegant, you know, frilly medieval swan. It's kind of like a honking tough bird. All right. Um, and I've since seen them in Yellowstone National Park. Like they're, you know, they're, they're in rugged territories. Okay. Uh, no, nothing soft about this swan, if you know what I'm talking no. about. No, no, this is not. This is not a swan from Disney. This is no, a. This, this is, is a working swan. Swan, I'm talking. This is a street <laughs> swan. Knows some shit. But anyway, we we found out there was one in Colorado. Hadn't been one in Colorado in 12 years. We went to the place. It was this uh, uh, state park. It's a massive state park, and we couldn't locate it. And we were both new to birding we had on tennis shoes we're in mud we're like soaking wet and i and i was just like this is a loss this is a fucking loss this is miserable let's like go home and my wife i have never been really tech savvy she's like well let me just try and she like pulled up she's like okay there was an update 40 minutes ago it's it's an, a mile and a half that way and we're like all right fuck it and we just start tromping through the marsh oh you're and, hiking oh yeah we're out there like doing it and and ill-equipped t-shirts and novices we've got binoculars we know enough to have that but like otherwise pretty not as outdoorsy as we now are capable of doing but uh but yeah and so we just we were like scratched up and then we just round a corner and there's like a small lake and there's the most massive swan i've ever seen in my life and i was just like yeah we did it we stayed the course and like, I love this woman <laughs> and yes. let's, go, let's go buy some <laughs> hiking boots. <laughs> like, let's go. And we, we went to REI the next day. We threw away our shoes. We went to REI. We both got hiking boots and like, we've been birding ever since. So that's like right. our bird. Is there, what, yeah. What would you recommend people get if they want to, if they're going to end up hiking boots, clearly some sort people of. People always ask me this. just like a trusty pair of binoculars for sure. And like anything, it's pay for what you get. So it's like. Right. The more you pay, yeah. the better they are. Whatever you can afford initially and then yeah. sort of level up as you can. Totally. It's totally. just like a video game. Sure. Yep. Uh, yep. But would would you wear ducks like sort of a waterproof one? It depends on where you're birding. I just think uh, okay. most places have areas you can drive to and then get okay. out and walk around the path around the lake or or trail through the woods or whatever. So just hiking boots. Um, but also a lot of people ask me, like, how do I get into birding? And I usually say. Buy a book of birds in your area, just birds of Colorado, birds of Denver, birds of whatever town you're in. And he bought a book of birds of Los Angeles. He was into it for because his dad was into birds. And uh, so him and his dad would sit in the backyard and his dad would point out the different birds that were on the like the the phone line. Right. That's how you do it. Yeah, there's that. There's that. I've got a two year old and a five year old. They're on it. They know the birds in the neighborhood. They know the sounds. They're going to be way better birders than me um but yeah start start in your neighborhood start in your backyard bird locally think globally and and (laughs) if if you're into the ones in your backyard and if you're into it suddenly you'll be curious about the ones uh 20 miles from where you live right and you'll know almost immediately another analogy to stand-up comedy if you go to open mic you'll know almost immediately if you're interested in continuing so there is some weird formula i'm watching it happen it's become like a almost like a trope of you know white men middle age of means just like when's when do they become birders it's like a, it's like a hack thing now it's just you're just waiting until the dad becomes a birder you know and it's, it's oh, okay so yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so it's so it's in the zeitgeist right now that's, it's it's, it's why joe zimmerman thing. brought it up and why i brought it up it's it's starting to happen it's getting out it's there. starting to happen maybe it goes cyclical maybe there's a cycle and uh and that's fine that's, uh, you know, it seems like a harmless if you're mostly if especially, you know, there's there's uh, Andy's dad was a he trained bird dogs for hunting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and he but he he stopped hunting when he started liking looking at birds, <laughs> but he still <laughs> taught pointers and he 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 trained them for field trials and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I had a Chesapeake Bay Retriever for years. We never hunted, but that's a birding dog. They, those are the ones that jump out of boats and grab the duck that's been shot and like. Right. Bring watching, it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple duck decoys and that that was, that was what that dog was meant to do for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So we have a couple more minutes. If you want to tell me uh, you got you had a couple of favorite bird stories you haven't told or I think I've well, go ahead. Not. Go ahead. Your call. I think I've exhausted the it. bird stories Just... that I wanted to tell you, um, but I'm curious if you okay. have any 
bird memories that stand out as like, or, or were you ever, I mean, obviously the penguins on the bleachers, but has there ever been a time right. that a bird made you stop and be like, huh, birds? Birds. Well, that rooster, that rooster in my neighborhood, uh, I was like, I didn't know there was a rooster in this neighborhood. And now I hear that rooster because during lockdown, of course, there were no planes and there was very little traffic. And Los Angeles, California was eerily quiet. Yeah. And you could hear like all cr- of Christmas the birds. all the time. Yeah. It was just like, wow, it's super quiet. <laughs> and, uh, and you could hear the rooster. And now when I walk, uh, we have a couple of dogs now. Uh, when I, when I walk the dogs, I hear the rooster and I'm like, which house is that rooster in? And now I have a theory that there's more than one rooster. There's also uh, sort of a bird encasement outside of one of the houses I walk by too. And they have a bunch of white birds. I don't know hmm. what kind of birds they are, but Weird. they're not very big. And there's, there might be four or five of them. I bet they're parakeets or lorikeets, like white. If there's four or five of them in the closure, that, that's probably what I'm thinking, but not positive. Right. Uh, here's something I said to Joe Zimmerman that made him laugh is I said, uh, I've, uh, I've seen seagulls in our neighborhood. And he said, you know, there's no such bird as a seagull. There are gulls. And then he talked about the different kind of gulls there. are. So, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's dipped. He's it. And it's early days. He gets up uh, very early and goes to uh, parts of Central Park to Central see Park has uh, got birds. Good birding. I wonder if Joe, this is, I had jokes about this, but there was an owl named Flacco, the Eurasian eagle owl, that escaped from. Uh, the Central Park Zoo. It like someone, some vandals tore through the netting and right. it got out and it's still in Central Park and it's just thriving. And they, I think, yeah, they, they like monitored it and they saw it. It's like grabbing rats. It's figuring it out. And they're like, well, fuck it. Flacco's a free owl. And it's in, <laughs> it's in Central Park. I'm curious if Joe's seen it. Cause like, that's when I want to see, I want to see Flacco. Right. When you, when, uh, uh, by the way, people, uh, listeners, hello. When uh, Adam Clayton, Caton Holland, that's who I'm talking to. Adam Caton yes. Holland. Caton's with a C. It's at Caton Holland on Instagram. It'll be in the notes. He's got a new special out. It's called Wallpaper. Coming out in two days, if you listen to this when this first comes out, uh, which is January of 2024. And uh, you have a podcast called The Growlix. Growlix? Yep, Growlix. Gravlix? Grolic. It's so hard. We should have it's named so it anything weird. else. The Grolic saves the world. Grolic saves the world, which is some sort of comic book cursing saves the world. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Just think of it okay. as the, the fuck saves the world. The fuck saves the world, you guys. And it's Adam, Kate, and Holland. Um, when you go to do stand-up comedy in New York, do you ever go, go to Central Park or anything? Yes, I do. Um, I've started traveling with binoculars. So like I just roll into a new place and I'm I'm trying to do what I can do, trying to get in where I fit in. That's it. You might as well. It's a gets you out of the gets you out of the hotel, gets you gets you up early in the day, gets the day started. You know, it's funny. I think it's, it's like kind of healthy. I, it yeah. is. It's way healthy. And I am friends. Uh, my good birding buddy who I go birding with all the time. My buddy Pat is a drummer in this in Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night Sweats. He's a it's a massive band. They sell out stadiums like they're huge. And Pat is a rocker guy who's like trying to live healthier on the road. And he's just gotten full into birds. And so he and I go birding all the time. And it is like, it's a really healthy <laughs> hobby. It's a really, it's not a bad hobby at all. Yeah. What's going to happen afterwards? You're going to eat a cup of yeah, croissant and a cup of coffee. Exactly. It's fine. You're going to yeah. hang out yeah. with like liberal people who are into saving the planet and like a couple of craft beers talking about birds. It's like that type of people. It's nothing wrong with it. I'm okay with ending it there. It's very sweet. Uh, <laughs> Rangers, go find Adam's special wallpaper. And thanks for doing the show, Adam. Thanks for letting me talk about birds. This ruled. All right. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. Hi, Adal. How was the show? Well, it was more birds. Birds. More birds. It, yes. was, it was a show with birds or a show? It was, it was entirely Adam. Kate and Holland is a bird. And he has <laughs> come to dork out about people who watch him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bird watcher watcher. <laughs> he is uh, he's a Denver comic and he's uh, he's got a new uh, special out coming out actually in like three days for more than this drops uh, called Wallpaper. And he's oh. got a 
He's got a podcast called the the Grovelick Saves the World. The Growlick Saves the World. Is that a bird? No, the Growlick is uh, the actual name of that thing in comic books, where it's all um, symbols instead of swearing. Oh, oh, right, right, right. That's so, right. I knew that he, word. I forgot. Right. And him and two of his friends have started the podcast with a very complicated name right. that uh, everybody's they on. Can, they can probably just use the symbols. <laughs> they could just use the symbols. They don't. <laughs> I had to learn really? how to say Growlick and then say it wrong. Oh. So, uh, but he was fascinating. You know, I just did the Joe Zimmerman with uh, about birds. Yeah. And. Um, do they know each other? They, they do could know be, each other. They could be like birding buddies they, that's what i said and uh he said oh we will be now and uh <laughs> good good that's what that's what we're that's what this is for making connections making connections he's and he told me that his mom was a was a volunteer at the zoo until they finally hired her so he grew up around a lot of animals they had a pet goose when he was a kid oh, okay. and yeah but it called penelope penelope and, the goose and they did not eat the eggs geese are mean Geese can be mean. They can be very protective at the very least. They can be mean to possibly those they don't love. This is my mom calling. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's a great episode. Everybody should totally watch about birds. It's true. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?